The Fat Boy Show. Happy New Year! Good morning and welcome to the Fat Boy Show. If you're just tuning in, woo, the first show of 2022. Oliver, happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Fat Boy. Well, 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 here we are. We didn't think we could make it, but finally we are here, 2022. Mm, yes, we awesome. are here. Feels good to be here. Feels good to be here. And uh, hey, if you're listening, it means you made it safely to the other side, to the new year. So here we are, uh, 2021. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All the problems, we're leaving them behind. (laughs) New year, new us. But uh, many of those problems are probably going to follow us. But at least we can uh, celebrate the fact that, aside from it being a new year, that... uh, uh, I think our best hopes were realized uh, during the president's national address on Friday evening on New Year's Eve, where we were waiting to hear what he was going to say about the country's way forward with in regards to the COVID restrictions, the lockdowns, the coffees, and so forth. And he essentially announced that it's over for the most part, uh, that uh, the schools are going to be re- reopened, that the bars and the clubs, the cinemas are going to be reopened. Uh, taxis will be able to operate at full capacity and uh, many other things, although he said these, uh, this reversal will take effect in about two weeks' time. Uh, how did you feel hearing the president essentially say that you're going to get your life back? <laughs> I was excited. I remember I was busy doing something in the kitchen and then I heard coffee will be removed. I was like, wait, give me the remote. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. yeah uh, it was exciting. We've been li- two years, fat boy. I'm in my mid 30s. I don't remember the last time I had curfew in my life. Now imagine having our lives back. I know, right? It almost feels like we were under house arrest, which essentially is what a curfew is. It's uh, mm-hmm. your government placing you under house arrest in your own home, telling you uh, that you can't be out of your home after a certain time. Exactly. Of course. Uh, people that participated in the night economy suffered greatly. You know, the restaurants that made most of their money in the evenings, mm. uh, the eateries, uh, and the many other roadside vendors. Roadside the vendors. Chicken and taxis. Yes. Uh, and uh, because uh, in the evenings is when there's a lot of commercial activity. People are, see, because during the day, mm. most people are in office. That's right. Uh, but it is after five, six, seven that people are now leaving office to go home that mm-hmm. this is when they want to do their shopping. This is when they want to buy the quick meals. This is when they want to buy groceries. This uh, is when they want to go out on dates. When they want to go out on dates. This is when they have time to go to bars and restaurants That's and so right. forth. And so all that cash was removed from the economy and things are really really bad so i think uh, many a bar owner restaurant owner business operator is going to feel very pleased to hear that uh, life is returning to normal actually also performing arts oh um, yes artists entertainers have been really hit oh my gosh those who didn't think fast or invest like the likes of shiba karunji buying bots and whatnot have really felt this lockdown yeah and uh it has been a tough two years for our friends in the entertainment sector uh the artists who who are not able to perform shows that who are not able to sing at venues Mm. because uh, many events had to be cancelled the larger events which pay well had to be cancelled uh and uh, really really this was a tough two years for the artists so wow i'm just wondering though Mm. that uh and and maybe like at first when he said Mm, re- the resumption will occur after two weeks. At first, I felt like, why not now? But a part of me kind of understands that, you know what, maybe we need to ease ourselves into this. Like, 
Because if you if just uh, open up the floodgates... <laughs> just imagine if he opened up the floodgates on Friday night, what mm. would have happened in the streets of Kampala? Oh, my New goodness. Yeah. Yes. So him opening in a staggered manner, that makes sense. But I, uh, there was a point of concern where he said uh, some of these measures will be reversed if uh, bed occupancy in hospitals, that is for people that get the COVID-19, mm-hmm. exceeds 50%. Well, you have had, Your Excellency, you have had two years to increase the capacity in our hospitals. Mm. Two years. I feel like that is uh, not a, uh, a valid excuse. Mm. Uh, uh, arguing about the hospital capacity, you have had two years to invest in the expansion of hospital facilities to buy more beds and more equipment. And you can't claim that there has not been money for this. There has been so much money pouring in from all quarters. Uh, and uh, even though, like, even if not even counting money that came from out, just even the money that we have currently that we allocate to the government for things like health should have been sufficient to for us to embark upon an expansion project for the hospitals and so forth. And to say that, oh, if capacity increases, or you know, rather that if the capacity gets filled, we're going to restore the measures, excuse me, uh, that to me is a revelation that you didn't do your work. I feel like it's an indictment on his uh, poor performance. <laughs> I think his, uh, his, um, his, I, his argument is that if we reach 50% bed capacity, it's not because we do not have sufficient beds or resources in the hospitals, it's because the infection rate has gone higher. So we need to curb it. Because he also mentioned that uh, once the daily rate of the of hospitalization of critically ill patients is sustained at 30% per day or for five days, we will have to, in the COVID-19 units, anywhere in the country. Well, um, think about I, uh, <laughs> I, I firmly disagree with that policy. Uh, it is a policy that they have tried to utilize for the last two years. And let's face it. I mean, where we have come to now, essentially, we are where we started. Essentially, we are exactly where we were two years ago at the start of this pandemic. I think we have just come to understand that there is nothing you can do mm-hmm. about this thing. That uh, it's endemic. It's going to come in seasonal waves. And essentially, it's now up to us to take personal responsibility uh, for our well-being and for our health. So I feel like uh, essentially what the president did on Friday night was to lift his finger off the pause button on the cassette player. So we have been on pause for two years. Literally. <laughs> because nothing has changed. Like mm. what um, what uh, new innovations have been done in the last two years? Vaccin- like vaccines. Do, no, but what improvement? But mm. the vaccines now... <laughs> hmm, now, I mean, let's be real here. The vaccines aren't really... Uh, it, at least there's a lot of indication that there's not. Uh, they're not really strong against the current variant. They won't stop you from getting infected. They won't stop you from infecting. But at least they say they might help you not to be critically ill. And then that's fine. Um, but, uh, you know, and this is, a, I feel like it's an interesting trick with all due respect because there's been a refusal to discuss the various therapeutic treatments that were available for COVID from the early uh, stages, from the early days of the pandemic. Uh, there were treatments such as hydroxychloroquine or uh, ivermectin or azithromycin and other modalities that were available uh, in the treatment of COVID. And even, and perhaps more important, steps that could be taken for one to improve their personal health and immunity that would protect them against 
uh, severe infection should they be exposed to the virus. None of this was talked about. So to act as though the vaccine is this panacea, this silver bullet that solved the problem is something I'm not going to accept. I feel like it's a cop-out. I feel like it's a way for them to make it seem as though they did something, yet mm. uh, they didn't really. Actually, even the, the even the threats that uh, we will reverse some of these these measures I think it's more like, oh, I want to still show you that I'm in control and I can still take away your rights when I see it fit. Uh, so you should be warned. Basically, it's he's essentially being a parent in a household. You know how it is like with your kids when mm. I'm sure you say, okay, you can watch TV. And then you say to them, okay, but if you, if you, if you misbehave, then I'm not going to let you watch. You still want to, <laughs> to show that you have the authority, the last authority in the house. Right. So you may not necessarily mean to do so, but essentially you feel compelled to issue a reminder that you're still in charge. I'm and I think I think that instinct just kind of kicked in. So he, he just had to say, <laughs> by the way, uh, yeah, don't I'm, be, still in charge. I'm still in charge. So make no mistake. Uh, these politicians just can't help themselves. This power trip has just uh, made them go insane with uh, eh? the lust to control others. And uh, it's going to be a hard one to shake off. I'm sure many a technocrat is weeping in their pillow right, uh, right now. But haven't they made enough money <laughs> to honestly speak? Let's, I mean, let's be real. The technocrats were against a reopening. The yes. technocrats, the bureaucrats were against a reopening. So... I don't know. If I were a common man or a common woman, I wouldn't know what to think of technocrats and bureaucrats who saw it in their best interest to continuously block my ability to thrive in society. I don't know that I will be feeling very kindly towards them. In the beginning, we all liked what they said. We even, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we clapped for them. Remember the time when everyone was saying, oh, person of the year is Dr. Jen Rutha Cheng, the Minister yeah. of Health. True. But at this moment, most Ugandans and most people across the world have had enough and they are now calling the bluff of the so-called... <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I was saying this to uh, one of my friends uh, in the early stages back when a lot of these uh, directives were being mandated i said to them and this person was like religiously following these directives like as if it were an edict from the pope you know like or like a commandment from god and i was like you know i feel like the quote-unquote expert class might be overplaying their hand because what's going to happen is when over the course of time people start to understand that a lot of their statements were hyperbolic exaggerated and not exactly uh, proven to be accurate in the long run it's going to be very difficult for them to command the attention and and you know respect of people when in future they want to come and issue more warnings and more they'll be like ah there you go again you know last time you told us the sky was falling mm -hmm. and it didn't so uh, why we got to listen to you they overplayed their hand don't you think this is going to backfire on them I think it's already backfiring. You've been seeing the reports in the news saying that uh, the CDC has now confirmed that after uh, quarantine, you don't need to take a test, a PCR test, because a PCR test result can remain positive for another 12 days. <laughs> Yet so can you imagine... have been doing for two years. So can you imagine all of the people that were denied the ability to travel, to do business, to enter premises or to go to school on account of these uh, positive PCR tests, which uh, might have indicated they were positive while they were not. Mm -hmm. Like, where's the accountability for that? So next time when you tell me the science says this, I'm going to be like, mm, 
Meanwhile, lately, I know people that have tested positive with PCR tests, not rapid tests. Mm-hmm. And three days later, they are out there bowling. You're like, but you just tested positive. They're like, I have no symptoms. <laughs> I mean, and that's uh, and for me. That's kind of the tragedy in the conversation is that there was really a lot of there was a lot of nuance to be had in this conversation, which I think the people in charge were not interested in. Because yeah, if you are asymptomatic, uh, just because you test positive, it doesn't mean that you should be denied the right to live or to do uh, what you have to do. Because uh, really, what you have would have wanted to do, and I think this is the, the realistic approach that will be taken in future, is, is to say, look, okay. Uh, if you are asymptomatic, uh, well, good for you. But in the meantime, here are steps you can take to uh, work on your health and so forth. And then instead, we would target those who are immunocompromised, the elderly and so forth, which, as the president said in his uh, address, you know, if you are over 50, you can take a booster shot. Uh, I recommend you take a booster shot mm-hmm. and try to avoid interacting with the little kids when they come from school. This is what he should have said in April of 2020. But you see, the scientists, <laughs> the experts, <laughs> so we're back they to said uh-huh. that if you're asymptomatic, you can actually still spread. Mm-hmm. Well, now we know even if you're vaccinated, you can still spread it. <laughs> Now what? <laughs> so, uh, zero. I mean, it just feels like it was so much for nothing. But, hey, um, I hope we've all learned some very important lessons uh, from all this. And I think uh, in future, hey, if you are a technocrat, don't, don't, don't get too high on your own sense of self-importance. Because you might uh, overshoot uh, your, your mandate. You might uh, essentially overplay your hand and risk losing the trust of the public who rely on you to give them the information. Uh, and uh, it looks like some some of you got too carried away. Perhaps some of you are in, uh, you know, persuaded by various incentives, which we don't need to get into now, in order to uh, essentially sound sort of worst case scenario alarm. Uh, you know, talk about the skies falling. Maybe it was in your best interest to promote that message. Well, uh, it might be difficult the next time uh, around to to sort of uh, push forward such an agenda because people will be like, okay, well, uh, why should we trust you now? And yet a lot of what you said the last time didn't come to pass. So, hmm, interesting, interesting. But uh, it looks like uh, we're on course to getting our lives back and that alone is something worth celebrating. You're listening to The Fat Bush. Speaking of celebrating, let's keep celebrating the new year with more great music. Wait, 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 wait. show in the city the number one show in the city City. uganda's king of radio unleashed and unplugged let's go the fat boy show